0: Good evening, everyone. Can I have your attention, please? May I please have your attention? Uh, again, again, we thank the generations class for providing us the meal. It's it's uh the different different adult classes who who take on this uh, responsibility. Offers a real service to our church and to our fellowship, and I'm grateful to uh, each of them that uh, that choose to do this. And so we we thank uh, Kelly and her class. Um, we've we've been through. This is this tonight's uh, the halfway point through this journey together, and the we really need to talk. Uh, program, um, we began with Marty talk us through with some of the ethical and theological uh, concerns around uh, the, the end of life. And uh, and also, um, what are some of the things that, that you face as a pastor and that you learn about this uh, as a pastor through time? Uh, last week, uh, uh, Dr. Anna Leach was here and talked about uh, the end of life from the perspective of a palliative care physician. I thought she was just amazing, and um, and uh, it was informative, and uh, I learned things. and And then tonight, Marty is going to lead us through a conversation about uh, about funerals and funeral planning. Um, and uh, it. Well, I'm not going to try to to say anything uh, other than, than this one observation. Um, there's, there's two things that I've noticed that Marty does, which is an extra mile uh, effort of a pastor. Um, one is that when uh, uh, he really strives to be present with the family at the funeral home, when church families are going through, this, through that experience, um, and that's, that's a I promise you, that's an extra mile uh, effort on his part. And, uh, uh, and that speaks to where his heart is in terms of, of that understanding. The second thing is that uh, there, there is uh, at least one funeral home that I know of that when a family does not have a church relationship and needs a pastor, they feel free to call upon him. And, uh, and t- to his busy schedule, he adds that responsibility periodically. It's not every week. Uh, maybe four, five, six times a year, probably, or more.
1: Gail, yeah. how many times a year?
0: <laughs> hey, hey, that, that was worth the trip here tonight, <laughs> Hey yes.
1: <laughs> How many times a year does set guest call us to do a funeral? Uh, yeah. Okay, we'll Six to ten? Ten? Ten Mm-mm. in a month, I think. In <laughs> December, <laughs>
0: so 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 what I'm saying is that, that that that's a way of of holding before you that, that Marty has a heart for this ministry. And, and what he's sharing for you comes out of that uh, perspective and that deep sense of love for people um, in, in a really, really important time in people's lives. Um, so I, I don't need to introduce Marty unless there's somebody that's a guest. He's a senior minister here at the church, and, uh, and he's uh, led us now for uh, over four years, right? No,
1: three. Three? Over three. It's Almost it's four. December 1st.
0: Yeah.
1: It just seems like four. It just, just
0: seems like four. Somebody, where did that comment come from over <laughs> All right. So I'm going to turn it over to Marty before I get in deep. Is this on? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is it on? Can you turn it up a little more because people complain that I dropped my voice? I don't know what to do about that. I can't. Um, okay, well, Richard gave my entire intro, so any questions? Um, that's like, I got to do this more often. Richard is so nice to me up here. (laughs) You you should hear him behind the office door. Um, It's it's worse than this table. Um, So we're in our third session, and um, this is the one I've been looking forward to. Oh, then I've got that. It's on my notes. Yes, it is. It's like the second paragraph. Um, this is because Richard, bless you, Richard is, is right, it's a weird thing, um, but funerals is where I get, there's two times when I get a sense of my calling into this thing. Um, Sunday at about 1230, when Sunday morning's over, I, I can finally feel, oh, okay, that, wasn't, that didn't suck and and um doing funerals and being part of that process it's not the actual funeral it's the process and helping a family through it and immediately after um um i give i'm very honored when said i guess calls and that's why i always tell the family it i always thank them for trusting me with with this honor because it is it's a it's an honor to do um so we're going to try to cover some stuff tonight. And I know I'm going to leave stuff out. I told Matt, if I start rambling, because I could talk about this all night, to throw something at me, which is why he's over here. And, um, but his hero is Dak Prescott, so I think I'm safe, because Prescott can't complete a pass. And, um, hey, 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 first time Texans have a better quarterback than the Cowboys. Leave me alone. And... Um, so we're going to try to go over a few things. I'm going to try to tell you what we're going to go over. And of course, we can take questions. I gave you an index card in that stack of trees that we've killed. Um, and um, the index card is for a question. If you don't want to ask one, you know, it's one of those. I'm a little embarrassed or whatever. Write it down. We're going to, I'm going to have you write them down. There's going to be a little break right before Matt gets up. And then afterwards, we'll go through those questions. But here's the thing. If you have a question during just raise your hand, only thing I ask is let Matt have an opportunity to come to um, the microphone, give you a microphone. And I know some of you don't like speaking in a mic, um, but we're podcasting and it is always weird if you've ever listened to a podcast, even if I repeat the question, it's this long silence because they can't hear, it only goes through the microphone and I'm real bad at repeating questions um, because I'm from the North and we talk fast and we just want to get on it. So, if you'll do that, that'd be great. But what we're going to try to cover is um, what to expect when you go to a funeral home, um, cremation and burial, writing the obituary, planning funer- funeral service, and 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 just about anything else that we can can think of. So, um, but I want to start with what I think is um, really important: is what to do when someone dies. <laughs> um, and and. And this is, is gonna be the odd part. I'm gonna pretend you're not the one dead, okay? So your loved one died um, because I wanna to talk to you, but also just know this is stuff you need to have for when that time comes so your loved one has some of this stuff down. So it's a mixed thing, but I'm gonna, I don't want any of you to die, so I'm gonna pretend none of you are going to die. And also I will interchange because of my habits funeral and memorial service funeral is when a body is present memorial service is when the body is not present okay i mean with me and and so i'm going to interchange those probably so just please know there that's that's the difference body present body not present um so here's here's what i'm going and i'm speaking and i told matt i'm speaking on how i do things this is me I can't talk how Richard or Ed well I can because if they're on my staff, this is how we do things here. Um, this is what we do. Uh, every church I've served, this is what we do. I, if you go to another church, I can't. I can tell you how we handle it, and what my what the way I approach it, the way I deal with it, and and the way I work with the funeral homes if a funeral home's involved and all that. Um, okay, so if you've had a different experience, I'm just going. This is what I do, and if there's something I do that you don't like, then you can tell me. Hey, when when someone said, when I die, please don't do that, and I won't. And, and, but this is just how I handle it. So here's how: when someone dies, either at home or in a hospital or nursing home, and I made a joke about this, but it wasn't really a joke. The first week, call your pastor which in this case would be one of us. Um, I think most people have my cell number. If they don't, they haven't been here because we give it out pretty regularly. And here's why, it's not because I have some ego that I need to be there, Um, but I've been through this. I've been through it personally, and I've been through it as a pastor more times than you have, and I can help you. I can help you walk the process. Um, one of the things I shared before it always breaks my heart when Set a guess calls or um, Miller calls, but it 's mostly said a guess Set a guess calls me is because that means a family is going through this, and i don 't get involved until late, and there 's things i can 't help them with because they had no one leading them through it if that makes sense and and um, there 's a couple people well I know there 's one person here tonight who i I got in the tail end of that service and it just, it's just sad, I, I just, it breaks my heart. Um, I like to be able to help. Uh, one of the things I can do is I, I'm, I've, I've discovered, especially when you're at the funeral home, if there's a pastor there, two or three things happen. One, you have an extra set of ears to hear, because sometimes you don't. You have someone who is not as attached and can ask some questions that may need to be asked. I can also help you understand and what the other and I'm saying this off the record it ensures more often than not that the funeral director is going to be honest and not try to slip something by I just telling you my experience I have, there's a funeral home that I've worked with I won't work with them anymore because I just think the way they do their business is not how I want to be associated with so if they when they call and ask I just I can't I won't do their funerals but I just think if one of us is there, me, Eddie, Richard, or Jim is there, we help facilitate that process. Um, Two, if you know someone is dying, or if you're planning your stuff, have a funeral home picked out, because one of the first questions you're gonna be asked is which funeral home do you want me to call? because it, it, someone has to pick the body up okay um, and if we're there if I'm there then what I do is I offer to call the funeral home especially if it's one of the funeral homes where I'm friends with the funeral director because then what happens what would happen let's say Ken I'm picking on you let's say Ken dies And um, once Melissa gets done woo-hooing and hipping and hollering, um, (laughs) Melissa and I, before I even called the funeral home, would, would, would come up with a time where she would like to go to the funeral home. And I like to be able to call the funeral home and tell the funeral director, not ask him, this is when we are coming in. Because at this point, it's all about the family. It's not about the funeral home. And unless they have a funeral planned, where they can't be there, then that's when we go, and and I can do that um, because I'm on pretty good relationship with a lot of the funeral homes in the area, um, and it's just easier for someone else sometimes to make the call. So those those things have to happen. First question gonna be asked: Which funeral home do you want me to call? And if you haven't given it thought, and I've been with families, they haven't given it thought, and we're in the little room there, and we're, I'm going through the different funeral homes and what I know about them, and, and they have to make a decision, and they're just looking at me like, you know? And you, you, don't have, you don't really have the time to sit and do phone shopping because someone has to come and get the body, Okay? Here are the two, what I consider the two biggest decisions you need to have made. And these are in the order that I think they need to be made after you have a funeral home. Are you going to embalm or you're not going to embalm? The reason why that's important is from what um, Gary Crespo, my buddy at guess now, what he's told me is, if you can make that decision the first 24 hours, it's just everything's going to be better. If it goes longer than 24 hours, they can't tell you, um, they can't guarantee how the loved one will look because of what happens medically. And he explained it to me. and says, bleh. Um, so I, 24 hours. So what I try to do as if I'm involved is get that answer. And when I call the funeral home, say that, yes, they were like a bomb. And when they pick up the body, you'll sign or someone will sign. And, and that's how that goes and I think the other thing to have a pretty good idea before we go into the funeral home is are you going to do a burial are you going to do a cremation or are you going to have the body um donated to science because that also changes some of the decisions we we make at the funeral home you with me okay you guys are quiet um okay so those two those are the only two I know am I leaving something out they need to do No, I'm I'm yours. Matt? Matt's sleeping. (laughs) Matt, use use, use Gail's line. Use Gail's line. (laughs) I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) He's checking Dak Prescott's score. Oh, wait.
2: Uh,
3: Selecting um, the gravesite.
1: That doesn't have to be right away. I'm talking, those two, the two decisions I said need to be done preferably before we get to the funeral home if you decide burial we can decide that that's a separate visit that's at a different like let's say you use miller's over by southwest and you're going to do a burial you're going to have to go to the cemetery and make that that's a separate call separate visit okay but it does have to be made but it doesn't have to be made before we get there now your question is what do you what what to expect when you get to the funeral home this is what we're going to deal with as i see it um i gave you a list yo if you're going to transport the body where richard's question was we could use two microphones richard's question was or statement was if they're going to transport the body Embalming is required. You mean transport it to a different like state? Yeah. If you're transporting the body, and it's not cremains, yes, it needs to be embalmed. Is how I was told. Is that not true? Gary told me that. Not true. Melissa's saying no. No. No embalming. Okay. Maybe we're wrong. Yes, Matt. Yo. Yes.
2: What if you want to donate organs
1: instead of donating the, your that body? That will take place. You'll 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 deal with that um, at the hospital or with hospice. That's your loved ones or you will have that. Your loved ones make that decision, um, and then they they if you're at the hospital and this um, they keep you alive, or they keep your machine going, um, even if the brain's not. So, they can harvest what they think they can, and there are certain things they can't. You're not dead. They keep, because the heart and all, whatever they're harvesting. But that's a hospital, that's a decision you make either out of the hospital or with hospice. And hopefully, you make it before, like you make it now, that if my organs are in working order and they're able, get it in your living will or in your will that this will let your family members know. This is what you want to do, because you can't do it afterwards. Yes, sir? Oh, yeah, on the driver's license, uh, in case you killed in a car accident, organ donor, and they'll figure out what to do, Okay.
4: Yes? Regarding embalming, um, it's actually not required in any situation. It's
3: not not even for transport? Not even for transport. I apologize for the wrong answer. For example,
4: the Jewish faith, which is very prohibitive of any type of chemical injection, um, what funeral homes will do and airlines will accept is the usage of ice packs. It's very oh. common. So embalming is, is strictly a funeral home policy. Okay. It's no state law, and it's a red flag if a funeral home tries to make okay. you think otherwise. Cool. Um, regarding the donor on your driver's license, yeah. The, um, whether or not any type of anatomical donation is going to be made, ironically, is not even up to the deceased it is up to the next of kin, because most of the organ donation facilities in this area will not go near a patient who just died, unless the next of kin, who can file a lawsuit against the harvesting company,
1: is in agreement. Okay. So, Okay. <clears throat> um, so you have a list of what you might need to bring. It is not an exhaustive list. It is just... The things that I got a list on. So it's called things to bring with you. Very cleverly named. Um, These are things you may need. You may not need them all, but it's a list. The one I want to point out, eyeglass and jewelry. If you are putting jewelry on, if you're having visitation, please please, either remind the funeral director or remind the preacher, I want granddad's ring or whatever because I have seen it left on and forgotten and it's not a pretty picture. So what I always do if I'm there and there's a visitation and the body's there, I always ask the spouse and or children, what do you not want to go with Grandpa or whatever? And then I write it down, because my memory is really not good, and then I talk to the funeral director and remind him her that they want this, this and this. Um, and a lot of times you don't think about that, it's that moment. Um, going down to help with the arrangements. Uh, the photographs let me tell you if you're doing it here at our church and we're involved you don't need the photographs at the funeral home um, we do them if you want us to you can do them there you can buy packages but just know if you want us to do them we do them okay
3: there are reasons for that If you,
1: oh, I end up doing a lot don't of them I didn't know where that voice was coming <laughs> from <laughs> <laughs>
3: That was kind of cool. Man. There, there are a couple of reasons why that is. They design, a funeral home, while they do a, a fine job, will design specifically for whatever their space is. And we have different space needs. So if there are videos or things that we use those for, we kind of have a better idea on how that will work in our space so that people can actually see some of the photographs and things. So it just makes a difference to be able to, to do that. And I encourage you to go ahead of time even as you're just casually keep a file of those things that might be good to look at if, for, uh, in the event of this because the, the, it's very difficult in the process to, to start looking at photographs. People will tell me, how many do I need? Well, I'll say somewhere between 30 to 60 photographs, make a good video, and they'll, they'll come up three days later. Well, I have, sorry, we couldn't narrow it down past 225. Will that do? yeah so it just gets difficult so so try to keep those numbers periodically around those those.
1: and and just so you know when jill and i go somewhere now we make sure we have a picture for the funeral because we have no pictures of us so say hey this is for the funeral (laughs) she doesn't laugh it makes me giggle (laughs) i just i don't know why talking about my funeral makes me laugh Um, yeah two two other things real important if your loved one or you are a veteran, please, and you want, you want the flag, you want Veterans Memorial, you want whatever, have the discharge papers when you go. I have watched funeral directors just go crazy. Yes, they're somewhere. Okay, well, I need them before. And they just can't get have them. And if you don't know where they are, find them. Ask where they are. And if they're in a the gun safe, give your kid the key so they can get in the gun safe. See, they they are required. That is not the funeral home. That is the United States government that requires that paperwork. And I have watched families not be able to find it. And they're just, they're going through a long process. So if you have that also, and I don't don't even know where my social security card is. Um, But make sure you have their social security number. You just have to. Um, the funeral home is the one, in my experience, that contacts the Social Security office. And here's, here's what I learned, and it was just sad. Um had a widow who didn't know that the Social Security may ask for the check back after they mail it, depending on when the death is. And um, she got a phone call, uh, you know, you owe us money and so what I always try to remember is look if, if one comes in just hold on to it so um and the other stuff we'll go over uh for the obituary but this is the stuff that if you're plan if you're writing down in your notebook on these forms this is stuff that will help your loved ones and this is stuff that if you're talking to um, people like your parents, it would be good if you know where this stuff is and available and it makes your life easier. That's that. Okay? Again, if the, and I, I, I love funeral homes, I think they do an outstanding job. I think what they do is special. I think people who sell the funeral plans are incredible because I think it's a difficult, Um, situations sometimes but they offer packages if you're getting us involved and you're trying to save money figure out what packages you need and what 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 you need and what you don't and see if it comes up different and we're going to go over some of the things we will provide at First United Methodist Church Missouri City whether you're a member or not I mean I want to be clear on that when we do a non-members funeral There is no difference in what we do. None. At all. We don't charge for the use of the facility. We give a reception if they want a reception. We do a bulletin. Member, non-member. If we're involved in this building with our staff in any way, shape, or form, it doesn't matter. Period it's us not every church is that way that's that's i don't know if that's official policy but that's how we run it and if trustees wants to yell at me they can yell at me so uh, any questions on what you need to bring yes sir walter is that you walter okay uh, yes sir
4: uh why do we need the life insurance policy
1: uh, why do you need it? Because the, the funeral home can file it for you. My understanding. And I want to know where it is. And you don't have to bring it with you, but I sure want to know where it is. Um, there are some funeral homes that are going to require you to pay right when you get there. And there's other funeral homes that say, you know what? We'll deal with that later. Let's get through this. I personally like the ones, if you don't have a pre-need, That say we'll deal with it later, Um, but there's a my experience with some of the funeral homes is they will offer to help you um, file. And there was one funeral one one family-owned funeral home in Beaumont. They would they would work with you every step of that way, and and it was just one of those phenomenal funeral homes. that was all about service, um, which is why they've been there for 90 years, 100 years, however long Broussards have been there. I don't know how long they've been there. I'm sorry? No, not the ones I know of. The ones I know of who do that, look, most of the funeral homes I've worked with, and there's other people who talk about, they, they want to do the right thing. And they, it, it's not... They don't see it just as oh look, let's make money. I, the ones I've worked with and the funeral directors who I really um, have respect for, it's a ministry to them, whether they call it a ministry or not. It's a ministry. Um, it, it's a ministry. I, I know people who sell prenies. They look as a ministry. It's a ministry. It's a, it's helping. And the funeral homes that I've been to that don't look at it that way, I don't ever use. And I won't work with them. Unless, I, unless you pick them. If you pick them, it's fine. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. I'll repeat the question if there's a question.
2: Mm-hmm. but they do ministry work and they're very good, sincere, hard-working funeral directors. And so what I would recommend to the churches in the area is you've offered your church to people who are not members, which I so appreciate because there's a lot of people that unfortunately don't have a church. And one of the things that I've always liked or, or have always wanted to do is do a service at the church. hmm you know,
1: Well that's why I try to go to help with that. The yep. Come to you and help you yep. In every way by meeting you the church. With so And providing a discount to the church and their members. We got one funeral home here in trouble. Um the funeral director who retired. Um <laughs> but he we had a couple we had a family that couldn't afford it and so he waived everything and he worked for a major corporation and um they they weren't very happy with francis but he didn't care he was marty you needed it we took care of it walter
4: uh how far in advance would you Recommend yeah, setting up something with a funeral home. Weeks, here, he months, I would years? Do it
1: years. If you can't, I mean, if, because here's the great thing about pre needs, and I'm not selling them, but if I was, I'd sell it. Is because if you have it done, Walter, here's the beautiful thing you've locked into the price. And I know that sounds just like um, we did a funeral not long ago, um, Richard and I did here at the church, and there was not a pre need. And it was a fairly basic, fun- It's a fairly basic funeral, and it was almost fifteen thousand dollars. And and you know it, whatever. But you do it now. You lock in. You die twenty years from now. They honor it, and you can pay it off. I was really, um, and Jill can tell. You, I was angry at my mom and stepdad because it's not like as sick as mom was. It felt like her death was a surprise. Oh, look, she died. And they had nothing planned. They had nothing planned. And that's why when Richard said, let's do this, I just jumped on it. I just thought it was a great thing because I don't want any adult children having to do what I had to do and try and plan a funeral a thousand miles away, getting a funeral home and handling all of it because they, they, they were clueless. They were just like la-la land someone i wanted to point oh, out you're not that, supposed to be here
5: uh francie couldn't okay <laughs> i wanted to point out i i uh i had to plan the funeral for my grandmother and she had she, she had a prepaid uh service the problem i ran into is she had paid prepaid for it so far in advance that many of the services no longer were offered mm-hmm. uh it was different caskets different so you had to uh you had to do it on the fly and there was also additional expenses as well as far as traffic control uh, hearse rentals uh, that didn't that weren't included in the packages when uh, she planned for it. okay
1: so they were they weren't because what the if I understand it right what I've been told is if the if the casket you chose your loved one chose is no longer available they have to match the same quality of casket, and that, at that price. Now, if you added, if she didn't have police escort, and you added, you're paying the hundred and seventy-five right. or whatever in, it is. In most now.
5: cases, if you're if you're going, in this case, it was just across the street. Yeah. Uh, and you were required to hire an there, escort. There are some. There and are some cities that So were just required. I, my point is, be be ready for additional. Yep. Uh, Fly, there, and, on, Andy, on, on the fly decisions, and as well as expenses.
1: There are going to be decisions you have to make. Walter could take care of every single detail, but there's going to be decisions you still have to make because circumstances may change. But yes, ma'am. Are you at all familiar with Yep. I mean, they do cremations and they're cheap, and, it's, and it's, they do great job. Um, what I tell people, if you're, if you're doing a, a funeral that we're doing here, man, Neptune and all those places are, fin- are fine, are great, because it's not about, we're, we're doing, we're doing, if you're doing what they call a direct cremation, which is, we're doing everything else that we can legally do now if you're doing a burial um there's certain things we can't do like there if, we're, if you're doing a burial and you have a visitation at the church a funeral director always has to be or someone from the funeral has to be there but if you're doing a direct cremation that's what we did with my mom there in um you can google it or i think there may be someone who you can ask that question after after this who knows Neptune well? Yes, someone. When, oh, Martha. If, if you,
5: yeah, if you don't know where um, you need to make that pre-need, how do you do that? If I don't know what? The location. Like if you know that you're going to make a pre-need um, arrangement with the funeral home in Houston, um, that's fine. But if you if don't know where, how, it If it's a okay. corporation,
1: if it's one of the major corporations, it won't matter. If it's a family-owned, like if you're doing Broussards, you'll have, they, they'll have that worked out, and I can't answer that. If it's, there's one family owned that I know of around here that I've done funerals with and I've never asked them, hey, so what happens if, so I don't know that, but I know at Broussard's in Beaumont, um, because they were the big one. They were bigger than any of the corporations. Um, They had ways of working it out where they honored other funeral home stuff. um, But I don't know the details. Because I generally don't get in the financial end of that because... You know, some families, I, I don't even know when the family tells me, uh, you know, or if I'm sitting in there and then it's like that awkwardness because I like going, wow, that's expensive. Um, direct that uh, that no, because the funeral, there, the, 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 a, a, a licensed funeral home has to have the body and has to get it to the crema, crematorium um that's law they get the death certificate and uh, correct me if i'm wrong but that the direct cremation basically means here's what we're doing we're going to pick the deceased up we're going to take them to the funeral home we're going to fill out all the necessary legal paperwork we're going to transport them to the crematorium we're going to get their ashes the cremains and deliver the cremains and The death certificates to you. And that's all you want. What? What does Neptune do? Well, they did everything. No, but the question was, what is direct cremation? Well,
2: he did not go to a funeral home.
1: Well, Neptune does things other than direct cremation, it's my understanding. But what Jennifer asked was what's what's a direct cremation?
0: Well, all I know is they picked
2: him up at the hospital,
3: Yeah. and then
1: that was it. Did I mean, have
3: funeral I, No funeral home. Well, Neptune is...
1: A is Neptune a, has funeral directors. Yeah. And all they provide is direct Direct cremation, that's what I thought. And a funeral director with the hospital. Yes. A funeral home call you, offer you Yes. But what Neptune does is is... And there's another one. What's the other one? Nah, there's another one. Uh, there's so many- I know, but there's another one like Neptune that i had experience with. And they, they have a and I don't know what it, I don't know if this is the exact right term. They have a licensed a licensed funeral director that handles it. You don't go it's not a funeral home per se. And when I said funeral home, a licensed funeral director has to oversee in some way the, 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 the thing. man far as i far as I understand, in the state of Texas, and I'm assuming in most states, yes, you cannot take grandpa in the back of the truck you you just- you you can't even if you're having you, you just you just can't the remote control you can use it, it's a the legal. There are legal documents that have to be filled out. That is my understanding it has to be done by a licensed funeral director. Can I tell you, the Texas Funeral Service Commission, if you look up the website, it gives you all the laws that are required in the state of Texas. And along with that, if you're at a funeral home and you feel you're not being treated correctly, you can report, report them. Texas I, yeah, uh
0: I'll, I'll say, my piece, say what I want to say after Jackie answer her question.
2: Yeah. My, my mom and dad passed away here in Sugar Land, and they had a um, funeral plan in San Antonio. And when they passed away, all we had to do was um, call the funeral home in San Antonio, and they came and they sent a mortuary to wow. the hospital mother died in the hospital at Sugar Land daddy died at our house because he was in hospice they came and they took care of everything we didn't have to do anything they took the bodies back to San Antonio and then we made our trip to San Antonio and we had the burial there but and they had made their plans earlier and the casket was not what they had picked out but they did give us something similar to what Mm -hmm. it was and we did have to pay extra things like the grave opening and stuff like that yeah, grave, but it wasn't yeah. that much compared to what it would have been if they had not planned yeah. but okay. that was but great that they they took care of it they everything. took care of
1: it and it does it, it i just think if you hit an age and i don't know what that magic age is um make it easy and you can you can google and you don't have to go through a specific funeral home you can get pre-needs and things from independent people
0: let, let me one of the things that, that I hope that we don't do tonight is get bogged down in minutia I, I think that the big picture is to be aware that if you make some decisions ahead of time who the funeral home's going to be, if you're going to use a service like Neptune or something else, and then you, take, then you take action on that and you have your decisions communicated to your family, you have it written down into place, then, then when the time comes, that first phone call, they're ready and, and they're not lost. The concern for we really need to talk is that people in the time of grieving, Are not feeling lost and bewildered. Uh, It's a way of empowering them, and so the the different nuances, you know, I I, uh, thank you. That that goes away if uh, if you know I call a funeral home. Which one is it? Then they do this all the time. That's what you pay them to do.
1: Okay. So next, the writing of the obituary. Um, Big thing is you gotta know deadlines. A lot of people. From Sugarland, want to get in? What's the name of the Sugarland paper? Yeah, the Fort Bend Star, and they have wild deadlines, and you got to know the deadlines. Chronicle has deadlines. Uh, funeral homes can tell you the deadlines. You can call Chronicle. Um, here's what I feel about obituary. Oh, there's a there's there's this two-page thing which will help you write the obituary, and um, if you're doing an obituary. You can use this as a guide you can google um, how to write obituary there's great examples uh, i helped somebody write obituary um because they didn't have a clue so i said well let's sit down and we sat in the conference room wrote the obituary but i did have my computer googling make sure things were correct and um but here's my feeling on obituaries and this is my personal opinion and i didn't have it until i did a funeral here and this one family was a non member and they spent fifteen hundred dollars on an obituary for oh no, twenty one hundred dollars on an obituary in the Houston Chronicles. They had a picture and it, it was like and they had heart failure in their in their dining room and when they got the when they found out how much it was, but something they felt they like needed to do. I tell people, if you're going through a funeral home or a funeral um, thing um they offer as far as I know I don't know one yet that charges for online obituary and they have links they have little buttons so you can share it on Facebook share it on Twitter and social media is you know for whatever you think about social media is a great way to get the word out and what we do when here is Matt writes up the Matt takes the obituary we post on the church website Every staff member, a non-church website, church Facebook page, I apologize. Every staff member knows to hit share, and we get the word out that way. If you want to spend the money on obituary, the funeral home can help you, um, and you, or you can write it yourself, or you write it and you just put it online. And, and there's even a guest book online, where you, or you can light a candle online, which I have a little issue with, but that's just me. <laughs> And that's the Catholic in me coming out. Um, Death certificates, this is always the one that drives people crazy. Um, There are some questions they ask that are perfectly normal, and you will know the answer immediately, right? And there are questions they ask where if I forget to warn the family, they stare at each other like, huh? Huh? I, I gave you a copy of a, the, the, what it looks like. Here's the ones that you need. These are the ones that stump people. Social security number of the deceased. Um, my favorite, and I, I would never put this up until about four months ago. I was sitting at a funeral home. Where was dad born? And there was an argument among the children where dad was born. It was somewhere in Oklahoma, it was near Tulsa, but they don't know whether he was born at home in some little hick town that I never heard of, and there was this 15-minute discussion, and finally, God bless the funeral director, he just said, look, let's just get close. You know, <laughs> you know? so they, they made a compromise, and they, it was just, there was no answer, and there was no one to ask, right? So I was just sat there, okay. So now you need to know where your person was born. Jill, where was I born? Ah, oh, you're beautiful. You were born in Irving, Texas. The, the other one that I always warn the family about, because this is the one that cracks me up the mother's maiden name, right? Okay. Jill. What's my mom's maiden name? You should know that. It's like our password for a lot of things. Um, a lot of things that you don't know. Well, they ask you that, right? Like a bank of, um, um, what bank? Ally. Mother's maiden name. I'm like, why do you want to know my mother's maiden name? Well, because that's, you will be the one and the only people that know it. Oh, okay. Amatruda. A-M-A-T-R-U-D-A. Um I don't know your mom's maiden name, Joe. I'll look it up. <laughs> it's on Facebook. What's your mom's maiden name? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, then then on the certificate it says informant. That would be you who was answering the questions. It's not a you're not a <laughs> You're not telling on somebody. You don't have to go underground. Um, they ask the occupation, and there are who answers to that if you're singing at a funeral home. You, you know, and they're like, well, what was dad? I don't know. Was he a. Was he a... And um, highest level of education. I never thought that would stump somebody, but I had a family. They had no idea what dad was. What he went, to, how far he went to school, and and I just felt bad. And the funeral director's trying to play. This is just for state records. This is for state records, and they're all. You know, um, another thing. When you do the fu- the death certificate, okay. This is important. I don't care how good the funeral director is. Two, three sets of eyes checking it for typos. If They spell my name like Richard spells my name with two L's. Like the conference spelled my name for 10 years. (laughs) It took 10 years and Nancy Henshaw to get it right in the journal. It will mess it up. Okay. I always tell families, two, three set of eyes. Look at it. Look at it again. And just for fun, look at it one more time. I, it'll, it's just bad. now how many do you need <coughs> here's what i tell people you don't always need as much as you think but here's what it is it's 21 bucks for the first one four dollars for every other one after that so i'm not very good at math because i'm a liberal arts major but this tells me this over order by three or four more than you think you need because if you run out When you go down to the courthouse, it's 21 bucks. So at $4 a piece, you can still save a dollar by ordering five more than you think you need. Okay? Now, there's a list I gave you of what you may need the death certificate for. It has to be a certified copy. It can't be a Xerox. Um, It's like a wedding thing. If you need proof of your marriage, the one we Xerox in the church office does not count sorry has that the seal there are some of these and you'll have to figure out which ones um that you don't have to mail it in they will take it they will see it they'll sign off on it, they'll hand it back to you okay um i i did a funeral not long ago where they got 31 death certificates and i thought man and they weren't church members. And it's, it's like, do you guys want to tithe or something? Because 31, um, it was a lot of death certificates. I've had families get 10, 12. Someone told me that the average is 12 or 15. I don't know how true that is. But that, that wouldn't be a bad guess. Twelve years ago, the funeral director told us to get 25. <coughs> and today we use 24. Wow. There you go. Melissa saved money. It is. I mean, just, you know what they own. You know what has to be changed. And and it's just easier to over-order because you don't want to go down a courthouse and do all that. That's my opinion. But there's a list of what you will need it for. Um, Okay, odds and ends. We're going to deal with cremation and burial. I think I dealt with this first time. Um, Look, as far as I understand it, until someone can prove me differently, and I see it in red in the Bible, it is not against the church or Jesus to be cremated, unless I think you're Church of Christ. and They're the only ones I've had arguments with about it. Um, You do what you feel you need to do. Um, I'm cheap. Jill's just going to throw me in the oven. Um, it, uh, you know, a couple of things. If you choose cremation, um, if you're flying with the cremains, please ask the funeral home for the proper form. You will maybe not get through security. Um, Another thing off the record, don't buy an urn from the funeral home. You're going to spend a lot more money. You can go online and get an urn for a lot cheaper. But here's the thing. Don't buy your urn until you know what you're going to do with the ashes. Ready? You know why? Because the columbariums are all different sizes. And if you're going to put the cremains into the colibarium, like the one we have, and you bring an urn that's three feet tall, guess what? It ain't going in the colibarium. Okay? What's important to remember about cremains is you do not have to make the decision right then what you're doing with the cremains. I know somebody, and I know people who have cremains in the closet for 14, 15 years. Right? I know people who immediately know what they want to do with the cremains, okay? You don't have to make that decision. Unlike a burial where you have to make the decision, the cremains, you don't have to, okay? I can tell you this. You cannot sprinkle them on the lawn at the Cynthia Woods Pavilion. (laughs) I know that for a fact. I had a man pass away, heart attack in his 40s. Day of the, the day <laughs> it's not funny. except with the whole story, it's good. So I'm going to chuckle, and I'm going to chuckle in the inappropriate place. On the Friday that he died, that night, the wife, widow, got a uh, phone call from the deceased mistress. Telling her he was going to leave you anyhow, um, and so you know we had police at the funeral home to keep her out. I had a friend of mine who's a cop and said, "Just stay there with your gun. Here's what she looks like. I got her picture off Facebook. We didn't want any problems." So anyhow, the 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 widow's name was Carrie, and I just love her, and she loved our dogs, and um, she used to babysit our dogs, and <laughs> so. This is where I started this new tradition of mine. I pick up the cremains for you if you want me to. But with Carrie, we're at the funeral home, and and, um, Francis was doing the funeral, and and Francis said, well, I'll have the cremains, and I'll call you when they're ready. And I turned to Carrie. I said, no, you won't. Francis call me. I'll pick them up. Carrie looks at me and says, I don't trust you. You'll flush them down the toilet. (laughs) Um, When you're ready for him, he will be in my office. <laughs> Renee and I will have a very nice conversation. Uh, the ladies in the office at that church did not like the cremains when they showed up on their desk. Um, I had a very good friend of mine and say, hey Marty, do you and Renee wanna go to lunch? Um, when I picked up Renee from the funeral home, um, just—it's the first time I ever picked up Kermaine, so it was a little bit weird. I was in my Jeep, roof was off, it was a very nice day. And I asked Francis, I said, so the state law, do I have to seatbelt Renee in? <laughs> and we laughed and I did. And now when I pick up Cremains, I always seatbelt them in. And um, so the reason why I know I can't go to Cynthia Woods Pavilion is because when she finally was ready, he was an 80s rocker and they were having one of those 80s rocker concerts. And she said, Marty, we're gonna go, we're gonna, we're gonna take we're going to put them on the lawn, Cynthia Woods. There's a group of about eight, and we're going to make a toast, and we'll send you a picture. Okay, good. And um, apparently, some of the guys weren't very careful what they did with the part of Renee they had, and um, they got caught with Renee in a baggie, and they, they had to sprinkle Renee outside the gate. So the ladies all got in with Renee, and none of the guys did, And so the joke was, Renee is on the lawn illegally and also at the front gate of Cynthia Wood's pavilion. So just so you know, it is never dull. Um, But I will, I will, I do make this offer to every family. It is, and I'll be serious, it is hard to pick up the cremains. It just is. Um, My brother didn't believe me. I tried to tell him, you don't want to do it, Mike. Mike, you don't want to? No, 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 I'm good. I'm macho, man. The evil older brother that he is. And um, he freaked. I always offer, if you want, I'll pick them up. You just have to sign a thing with the funeral director, and I'll pick them up, and I'll pick up the death certificates at the same time, and I will deliver them to your house. Um, Because it is, it's just difficult. It's, it's just difficult. So as a pastor, I always make that offer, and probably about um, 80% take me up on that. It's just, I just, yeah. It's, and I always warn them when you open it what you're going to see if you look. So um, cremation is one way. Burial. Hmm? Oh, Burial. Um, unless there's a cemetery at a funeral home that you're using, you have to go do separate, you have to go to a separate place. For example, if you use Miller and you bury him at um, Forest Lawn, is that it, on Derry-Ashford, Westheimer? Um, that's why I did my very first funeral. Um, if you do that, then you have to go there and fill out paperwork, okay? There is a fee for opening and closing the grave, um, not to be... It's more more expensive on weekends, um, a lot more. Be aware of that. It is a piece of real estate, um, pretty much is what they see it as. Um, And there are laws in some places of what outer burial you have to use, but you don't have to use one made of gold. Um, So just be aware of that. When the funeral director does say there's laws, it's because there really are. He's not just trying to sell you out of burial. What he's not allowed to do is try to guilt you into getting the more expensive one. If he does that, call the number. Okay? All right. Um, things to do. Things people will do. This is my favorite part of this. Um, there are people who on the obituary will say, please, no, f- no flowers. Instead, give money to First United Methodist Church, Missouri City, right? And they walk into the chapel or the sanctuary, and there's a 100 flowers there. And they go, "We said people are going to do what people are going to do. If they send flowers, here's what you do. You ready? Here's what you do. You smile and say thank you. It's what they wanted to do. You made the suggestion. They did what they wanted to do. Thank you very much. OK? If you worry about, florists will good florists will always have a perforated um, card with the name on both, so you can know which one it is, and they'll have a description, and you can write a thank you note, if thank you note to your things. People are going to do it. you can't help it. If it's at our church and it's flowers, I love each and every one of you. We do not need your flowers for Sunday morning, because why? Someone's already paid for flowers for Sunday morning. And if your flowers are bigger than their flowers, then we get a phone call. So please take your flowers. And nor do we want to deliver them to every nursing home in the city of Sugar Land, Missouri City. Um, Just flowers. Um, It is helpful if you do think or talk, if you're planning your own, of where you want your memorials to go. I want my memorials to go to the Met so they'll finally buy a real team. And <laughs> Did you get that, Jill? It's in my will. Um, okay, here's the one, and this is going to sound cold, and I'm sorry. People are going to bring you food, whether you like it or not. Please do not, when you open the door, look at them and say, what? I don't want this. Smile and say thank you. Put it in the freezer if you want. Bring it to the church. We'll freeze it and we'll serve it. I, you know, people are going to do what people are going to do because that's some of those people, that's how they're grieving. They don't know what else to do. They can't fix it. They can't help. There's nothing they can do so they cook. Let people help you. You're going to be asked if you're in the situation, what can I do to help? And there are people who say i don't need anything you know, yeah, you do. Let people help you even if you don't want it because it's what they want to do It's how they deal with this this is the that 's the only time it's not about you. Every other thing is always is about you, not that you have to allow people to grieve i've had more um discussions with families over that marty what do i do these people keep bringing food well then you know you're gonna take it you're gonna smile you're gonna say thank you and you're gonna write their name down and you're gonna write them a thank you note because they do it because they love you i don't care if you don't like broccoli (laughs) never give broccoli it causes (laughs) it causes cancer MD Anderson did a study. (laughs) Hey, my wife works there. I know. Um, If you're part of a church and you don't accept help from people, then you're just blown every sermon I preach about community. That's what you do. And I tell you what. I make you, I give you my word. There are people who I do funerals for who are not part of a church And if they see what our church does for our church, what our church members do for each other, they would just fall over because they're handling a lot of it alone. And I don't know anyone since I've been at this church who's gone through a death that felt like they had to do it alone. Because if they did, then I want to know about it. Because that's not what this church does. That was my seriousness okay questions all right you have an index card I'm going to take a drink of water Um, if you have questions would you write them down and Richard's gonna start picking those up and then we're gonna get to the fun part planning your funeral service or planning mine what Good. Everybody but i yeah, it wasn't very good. Oh geez. Hey Richard, what time are we supposed to be finished? We gotta go quick. Alright, let's bring it back. We gotta go quick. I didn't realize what time it was. I had too much fun. Okay, here's the thing to think about when you're playing funeral service. Are you ready? Set. Date, day, time. Date day time. This is when, if you're the one planning it, it is about you. I'm sorry if it's going to be inconvenient for people who want to come to the funeral. If it works for you and your family, that's what matters. You're not going to please everyone. You can't pick the perfect time. You will never pick the perfect day. What's best for you and your family is what it needs to be. Just remember, if it's a burial and it's a weekend, it's twice as much to open and close the grave. Um, so, and a burial, and I know this is a generational thing, a burial does not have to be after the service. Some of the most memorable, touching burial services I've done are before the service, a private family, invited guest only, then go to the church for the memorial service, then the reception. And that's a very sacred time, I think. And it just makes life good. Okay, day, day, time. Where to hold the funeral or memorial service? How about the church? Now, I've done a Matt and I had a conversation about this today. I've done funerals, um, where, and it's never a widower, it's always a widow, it says to me, preacher, um, I can't do it at the church, because then every time I go to the church, I'm gonna think of poor old Bill in the casket, and won't be enjoy church. Here's my line, you ready? It's classic, it's brilliant. If you're involved in a church, or your loved one's involved in a church, it doesn't matter. You're still going to see the loved one everywhere you look in the church because that's what you guys did. Um, is, is Jan here? Okay. Jan and Dale Spicer, you know, 50 years, 57 years they sat together in church. There is no way Jan Spicer is going to walk into this church and not see Dale. Dale. I did a funeral for a guy in Beaumont, Ralph Beislein, who was on every building committee I think that church ever had, finance chair, did everything. And Helen said, I can't do it at church. And I said, Helen, Ralph, this is what he did. This is his life. No, 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 I can't do it. About a year later, she regretted it because she realized this is what was important to him. The church, you know, I mean, funeral homes are great, um, but you're in church. You're part of a church, part of a community. Your loved one's part of a church, part of a community. This is is where I think you do it. We never, ever, bless you, ever, I'm going to say it again, ever charge a fee to use our facility. Ever, never. If you have a friend that died, they don't have a church, they want to do the funeral here, we're not going to charge. Don't ask how much it's going to cost. We're not charging you. I'll charge you out the wazoo for a wedding. (laughs) I'm not charging you for a funeral. Um, This is my favorite. Um, You know, if you do it at the church or you're a church member and you tell me, well, Marty... I don't wanna have a reception at the church. You know what I'm gonna tell you? And I've told people this. Well, why don't you call Joyce McNeil? (laughs) And you tell her, because I'm not. Because Joyce treats me very well. And um, it's once again, letting people do. And here's the thing about this church that's beautiful. And I, I didn't know you were going to be here, Joyce. Um, these ladies, all the ladies who do all this, um, we do a lot of non-members. And even with a non-member, I always offer our church for reception. And, you know, we can call them, and they never ask, well, were they member or non-member? They're always, how many people do we need to serve? So if you don't want a reception... Write it down, put in your will, and then have your surviving people call Joyce because I'm not. <laughs> that was one of the first bit of advice I told Eddie. If anybody says we don't want exception, let them call the ladies because I'm not. It is what they do, and they do it better than any church I've ever been a part of. Okay? Um, okay, every funeral now has people who are going to speak correct I've gotten in trouble because I try to limit the speakers right and here's why the day of the funeral sucks it's long it's not fun for the family and an hour and a half service does nothing but make the family miserable I try to limit it to three speakers. If I can get away with it, I go with two. And if somebody really loves me, let me just do one. Right? Um, Because I like to keep the service under an hour. Out of respect. It's a long day. Two. um, If it's your loved one, do not feel like you have to speak. I do it for a living. Ask Jill who spoke at my mom's funeral. She did. I wrote it. She spoke it. She did a great job. She's going to be a preacher. Um, I will always talk to your speakers before because I ask them to write it down for two reasons. I'll tell you the truth and I'll tell you what I tell them. The truth, if you write it down, it keeps you from rambling. And I tell them, if you write it down and you you can't do it, I can get up and read it. And I can say, well, if Jim could stand here and tell you, this is what he wants you to know, and I read it. Um, This is a personal request on behalf of all preachers everywhere. If you ask someone to speak at a funeral for either you or a loved one, it is really nice when you ask people who speak, who have a respect for the idea that this is a worship service first. It is really (laughs) It is really difficult as a preacher to sit there in your church, in your chapel, and hear the F-bomb dropped again and again and again. Richard, am I correct? (laughs) Look at people like, people do that? Oh, baby. We could write a book. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. There are some funerals I just want to forget, but they're burned into my memory. I told Richard one today, the guy stripped down. He was in a suit, and all of a sudden, he was in a swimsuit. Yeah, it was wild. And I'm just sitting there go, okay, all right. And Richard will tell you Jason's story later. Um, and this is the other thing I try to tell speakers. This is not an opportunity to tell all your favorite stories. The idea of what you're doing, what you're asking someone to do, if you're asking someone to speak at your loved one's funeral, they're trying to capture the essence of who that person was. And if they get up there and just tell stories that are personal, very touching, 90% of the people, instead so they go, I, I don't know what they're talking about. We had a funeral. I, all I had to do was say it to Matt. I said, hey, remember that granddaughter? 30 minutes. Am I exaggerating, Gail? And it was stories about her grandkids. Like, I think, a minute about grandma. It's, it's, it's the purpose of when these are done, and I'll tell you who's done the best I've ever been around. And if, if I've heard one of yours, and I'm not mentioning your name, I'm sorry. Uh, Penny Brown for Patty Kreitz did the absolute best I've ever heard a person do in that moment so if you want help ask penny she told stories that everyone she told these stories that weren't really personal they just were She. she, oh that's patty that's what that's about okay any questions on that um scripture readings you have a handout of suggested scripture came right out of the book of worship i didn't make them up they're not exhaustive if you want something else great Um, what I tell people to do and I tell you who was beautiful at this was when Judy Bartay passed away I just asked for her Bible and I just went through it and I saw notes and I told oh let's do this let's do that Um, because now if you're like if you take my Bible and then you're going to be there all day because there's a lot of underlining. Um, but with Judy's, it was beautiful. Just go through. Um, so if you don't know what you may have read, you wanna do that. Um, there is a worksheet that, I, that we gave you. It's one page. It has blanks. It has words. And I can't find mine. Somebody have it? This one. It's this, this worksheet. It says, for my funeral memorial service. Um, we did a funeral here for, what was, who was it, Gail? Whose funeral? You're not paying attention again? <laughs> <laughs> Whose funeral did we have a, for, a paper written out word for word what we were supposed to do? Wilma Johnson passed away. And Gail went, oh, I got something on Wilma. And so she went into the file. Wilma's membership and there it was because Wilma was worried that her kids wouldn't know what to do so she just wrote down she wanted what preachers were to do the wedding or do the funeral right and um, who was playing piano who was singing what they were singing what scripture it was beautiful I mean I was like oh this is great Judy Bartay wrote a typewritten three-page letter after her first episode in the hospital This is what this is the order of who you call in this order, call Jim Crawford first, her brother. Call Marty Vershelle second, and tell Marty to call Richard and the other ones on this list. I mean, it was like beautiful. Um, This should be in the notebook, so that when the time comes for you, you can have the funeral you want, because. It's yours, fill it out. And now, before we do questions, I'm gonna to introduce to you the one, the only, Matt Robinson, to bring up music, etc. Because I think everybody's scared to talk about music. Uh,
3: you, it is this the thing that when we sit down, people with, will take out a hymnal and go, I, I don't know where to begin with this document. I don't exactly know what to do because either they loved all these particular hymns or maybe they didn't like some others and I just don't know where to start. So if you look on your inside uh, what handout today as third or fourth page, there is a list of things that are just some of the hymns out of the hymnal that you might consider as part of those uh, hymns. Now, that's if you are of a certain generation. This uh, about th- uh, Benjamin Stelzer, right? several years ago, Benjamin died. We had a realization that we were going to have a funeral that didn't generally involved uh, in the garden because all of a sudden it's a different generation of songs and hymnody. And so we had to involve praise band and other things. That, that's a new adventure for us in working funerals too. So this is, uh, in terms of traditional side, this is one thing to consider. And it gives you a list of hymns and options. And we meet with you, uh, either Marty does or I'm involved with it. And we talk you through uh, some of the selections and how the service might go. Whether you want to start with something big, powerful praise and be reflective at the end or the other way around. where you start in, in a more uh, prayerful past posture and in with a moment of praise at the end. So there's lots of different choices. Uh, Most of the ones that I chose out here have some sort of phrase reflection about moving on toward heaven in some way uh, or just in general praise. I also included a couple of things that... uh, in the last couple of years, we've done funerals for children, and that's an, a very, very difficult one, but one, things in selections, if you get involved with that, that you might want to consider. Uh, I would also ask you to look at the ones that are some less familiar. There's some really, really uh, wonderful elements, a part of choosing music for your uh, for a service. I was there to hear your burning cry. That's going to be at mine. Uh, I, I've already told Melissa and Rhonda, that one's at mine. So if y'all are around, that's the one I want. Um, and there are some other ones that are listed over there uh, that are just, I urge you to take a hymnal one at one point uh, when Marty's sermon's really boring and then you can kind of thumb through and see that, okay? And that's, that's some things you can review. Um, The first thing is you're looking at, you need to make some choices about what you prefer that sound to be, Uh, because Melissa's going to ask me, do they want it on piano or do they want it on an organ? And so just what choices would you like, or if you're going to have, would you prefer one of our praise band musicians maybe coming to lead that, so guitar might be an option. Just kind of think about what that is, and you may not have a preference, if that's the case, we'll choose those things for you. We typically go through, in terms of special music, things that might be uh, reflective of your journey or your path. This gets into kind of a gray area because uh, you could choose any of these things on this list as a special, and I will go and find something for you. Or maybe you have cousin Edna who wants to sing, and I'll work with cousin Edna to find a particular arrangement in their voice. I handle and do that for you, So, or Melissa will do that, whoever is working with you on those services. So that's a good list of specials that also will be considered. Uh, where we get into a gray area is what songs that are generally out of the sacred realm. I'm not opposed to doing those songs. You just have to be careful because, again, we're a church, uh, or the church dumb, not necessarily our church, that came up with a song, Drop, Get Me Jesus to the Goal of Life. So, you know, there are certain things... Uh, I have done it actually, so I'm just saying, there are things we there are things we try to draw lines out because I know that's on Marty's list to be at his meal, but there, there are they're just areas in which they're kind of gray, and so we try to talk about what is sacred and what is part of the human condition, which all kind of popular songs are part of the human condition, um, but also not to let it go into sentimentality. If you have to explain why a song, a hymn or a song is in there, then maybe you ought to consider that for another place because not everyone's going to be able to talk with you. Well, the reason that we did, uh, come on, feel the noise from the 1980s rock band is because that's where we met and we danced that if you're just sitting in the, in the congregation for a funeral, that's going to be a real odd moment. So. While you're going to, there are certain things to consider. I've done bridge over troubled water. I've done lots of things as a part of a service. Just be mindful that if you're uh, if you met to dancing in the dark, that's not one that may not be quite where are you coming up with these. You, the things, Melissa. Where are you? The things we've been asked to do, dancing in the you dark. Just it, it would boggle <laughs> your mind. Jill, son the of my things list. that. And, and people are in a very emotional state, so it's very hard to have a conversation yes. legitimately about. Yes. You know, that's probably if you were in a funeral home would be appropriate, but we're at a worship service. So, in the context of worship, you know, that's just, you know, what, not what I that. often
1: have families do is put that in the slideshow. Um, sure. But I've never had anyone ask for dancing in the dark, but I'll be ready. <laughs> um, also, is, it's, it's, I, we played some of that in here at the reception, mm-hmm. um, swing music and, and that sort of thing. Um, so there are places for it, but this is, what we do is worship. In fact, the opening line, we're here today to worship God and to witness to our faith as we celebrate the life of that's, that's one of the first things I say when I stand up. Um, worship God and to witness to our faith.
3: Prelude music uh, is handled by whoever the organist is or the pianist for the service. They typically have a notebook that is about that thick and they start at the beginning of it about 20 to 25 minutes ahead of time as people are coming in and they play on a list of things. You can also choose things, please don't play this, and they'll, they'll observe that. If you're going to choose... Uh, uh, like I said, in terms of the church to be your place to do that, we lo- uh, locate the organist, uh, whether it's Melissa. If Melissa's unavailable, we have others. If we have to contract with someone to come in and do that, there's a fee involved. It's roundly about $150, but just know that that's roughly about that. If there's a soloist because we, we have a special need or that it's about the same kind of fee of $150. Melissa and I see this is our ministry. We are, it's part of our job here. So again, like Marty said, we don't charge a fee. Sometimes honorariums happen and that's fine, but whatever it is is whatever, but we don't look for that. That's part of our job and our role here. Last thing on bulletins, we do, a, Gail does the bulletin work here in preparing funerals. Uh, for. Uh, funeral bulletins so all those pictures that we talked about early get scanned and put in and we create that document here as a part of that so usually it includes your obituary as well as an order of worship and a few pictures and items that are part of that so again the funeral home will give you a smaller document uh that they that's part of their package but we do a whole different document here that we create on site for you and that's that's part of our ministry here melissa have i covered everything pretty much is there something else yes
2: you mentioned instrumentation Um, does it have to be live what if someone has cut a recording
3: that's a great question Um, we have excellent musicians and have access to really fine musicians as part of uh, this Houston community we have while it's not a written policy and we have done certain things we do music live that's what we do so uh, recordings while they do get played and they do get we just typically avoid that because we think we should praise god with the talents that we have here and many of our musicians have connections with you and they want to be a part of that service and offer their talents as well we can come up with a lot of things you would be surprised what we can juggle in two days to make things happen and happen well So while it's not a written policy, and we've done certain things, we try to limit that so that we do music live and with excellence here.
1: Okay. One of the questions, Matt, is um, must all music be spiritual? Example, Dust in the Wind. Let me answer the first part. Dust in the Wind is spiritual. Mm Mm-hmm. No, it is. Kelly, they wrote it. It's out of Hebrew Scripture. It is spiritual. Um, I've used it at... Ash Wednesday service. I think that's highly appropriate. Um, And you put that on a cello with a good, oh my God. Okay. Um,
3: We kind of treat those things on a case by case basis. So we we just, it just be surprised at some of the things that we do. We don't, we kind of let that gray area work and Melissa and I kind of work it out.
1: Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm going to do these questions and we are way late and I'm sorry. And the hospice guy will cut short to make up for it. Must I, uh, could a pastor, could have a, can a pastor, can I have a pastor at a funeral home? Yes, you may. wants that, of course. I mean, I do more funerals at funeral homes than I do here. Um, so, yeah, that's good. What is your top funeral home? If you want to know that, I'm not going to answer that here. I will help you make this, I will give you the information that I have in a quiet sit-down setting. And I will help you make phone calls, and then you make that choice. Um, I'm not comfortable making that. I can tell you what I know about the funeral homes. Um, what am I? Here's what they do, and I can. That's what I, And I can make phone calls for you. Um, if ashes are present at the service, is it a funeral? Sure. I don't. I, I. I would probably call it a funeral. Someone may call it a memorial service. I don't know. If I'm using what?
3: (laughs) Hey, I do that out of love now.
1: Um, What criteria do you recommend for selecting a funeral home? Here's what if, if you're doing it pre in advance, call the funeral homes and talk to them. If you're doing it spur of the moment, then we'll talk it through. And I, I did that at the hospital with one of our members. I just we just sat and talked it through about what they wanted. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry to interrupt you.
2: Tomorrow there's gonna be like an event in Stafford where there's gonna be different like funeral homes and Medicare and
1: all kinds of stuff. And it gives people the option to meet with different funeral homes in one setting versus trying to make calls to Yes. It's good. It's good to have a plan so that your loved ones aren't making the decision on the sixth floor of Methodist Hospital downtown about who to call. Um, how much is a spot in the Calibarium? There's a brochure for it, and the prices are in there. And yes, you can do it in advance. And if you have not gone to the Colibarium or gone out there, you are missing a sacred and holy place. I think one of the smartest things Richard did was put his office looking out over the Colibarium. It's right behind my office. Go through the parlor. It's right there. Um, My favorite part of the Colibarium is that first um, niche because it's, it's Lewis's, and there's the Methodist Circuit Rider. And whenever I see that Methodist Circuit rider, I just smile. Um, if you have not gone there, it is, a, it is sacred, and it's holy. And I love, sometimes I just go sit out there, and it's just, it's something about it. And yes, it's going be bought ahead of time.
0: Let, let, let me just Yeah, add, answer that question. Uh, and, and Nancy Davies, for years, has taken, are you here tonight, Nancy? No. no, she 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 has cared for that columbarium and kept it beautiful. So, she probably could use somebody to help her. Yeah, if you want and it to just take got it.
1: cleaned up today. It looks gorgeous because we have a service out there next week.
0: This was a question Marty handed to me. What happens to cremains uh, in the crem- uh, in the yeah. columbarium if the church is sold or gone? And when when we built the columbarium, the Cost the basic cost of the columbarium was donated, and we established uh, the price for the niche for the niches. uh, to go, uh, this is the principles that is established. So, I'm speaking now from 20 years' history or whatever 15, whatever a third of the cost would be uh, to take care of upkeep and maintenance, a third of the cost of the niche would be. Uh, to go into the ministry of the church in some form so that there's an aspect of it that would support the ongoing uh, alive ministry. And a third of it was to be retained so that if anything happened to the church, uh, it was sold or it moved, then uh, there would be an asset there to provide for uh, the cremains into an appropriate setting.
1: There you go. And if I remember right, um, the price hasn't gone up since we started it, right? There was an initial. There was an initial. Offering, and then initial okay. Yeah. If you if you're interested, see Gail. And she'll she'll she'll, she'll get you set up. If you um, can get her attention. Yeah. <laughs> There, there was a very interesting question, and I don't know who wrote it, and I'm not going to ask you a hand. What happens to cremation remains if the family does not want them? Um, here's what I will tell you, um, and I'm just going to break every rule, I'm sure. If, you, if there's a family that doesn't want them, I'll take them and I'll put them on a color I I just, there was a president, like a really famous president, um, Abraham Lincoln who said that um, you can tell about a country by the way they honor their dead and i try to take that seriously when i can so those are the questions i have i'm going to stick around for a little bit afterwards and answer anybody i just want to close with this Um, matt brought it up it's a very awkward thing when you ask about honorarium so here's my answer if you ask me about what what you owe me it's my standard answer i give to everybody for anything is you can't afford me. So whatever you do is whatever you do. I never worry about it. Um, and Richard feels the same way, and Eddie feels the same way. We This is ministry. Um, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn for Richard or Eddie, but we see it as an honor to be asked to participate in probably one of the most sacred moments in your life, as we see it. Um, so... Um, here's my rules Someone asked what my rules are here's my goal I tell this to every family when I'm visiting with them you cannot redo this it's one shot so we have to get it right if, um, if Jill and I didn't like something at our wedding we can have a 10 year renewal and we can do it that way where Marty remembers the flowers or something N- <laughs> They looked fine when we got back from the honeymoon. They were in the freezer, refrigerator, fine. But you can't redo it. I've never heard anybody redoing a funeral. Hey, let's redo Uncle Harry's funeral. Um, so I, we take that very seriously. And here's the goal of every funeral I participate in. One, I want people to know it's that person's funeral, not mine. If you come to my funeral and they sing, and nothing, don't take this wrong, they sing in the garden someone's going to look at you and say this cannot be marty's funeral it can be your funeral it's not mine it is it's your loved one's funeral and we do everything possible to make it look feel taste like that and then the most important thing is, i tell us every everybody is when we're finished and we're at the reception we need to be able to look each other in the eye and say, man, dad would have liked that. And if we do that, then it was a good funeral. Um, And that's our goal of how we run things here. And that's how I approach it. So um, I'm sorry we went over. I know some of us are hungry and haven't eaten dinner. And my wife is hungry and so, yes. Okay. Let's, let's put it this way. Ken and I are going to have a ball, you know. Uh, and, and I've always wanted, just so you know, I always want my funeral at night. I won a night funeral, or I used to when I was going to be buried, because then, like, everyone's headlights on, and they think you're the most popular person in the world. Look, that's one big funeral. Um, I'm going to stick around for a few minutes if you have any questions. I'm sorry we're late. I really, I, we just, it happened, and I apologize. Um, if you can help pick up tables and chairs, that will make us all very happy. Take care. God bless. Have a great night.